All right, so I'm going to go ahead and hit record. So go ahead, Dave Jackson, and do your bumper thingy dealio. <laughs> it's All right. okay. Take three. Exactly. Do you want uh, Vomit Radio Guy? Vomit, is that a voice? You've got a vomit radio you know, the, guy. The voice? vomit, the vomit, vomit radio, radio guy. guy. Hey, if you want to do, this, you want to do multiple takes, please. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting dot com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith and Vroom Vroom Veer. Oh, oh, that's I crappy radio guy. I like it. Uh, that's vomit radio guy. <laughs> that's yeah, vomit, vomit voice where everybody's, hey, hey. Uh, sport, I'm a sportscaster and I'm yelling. And I don't know why. Hey. <laughs> Uh, that, that one, that one was good. I like it. Yeah, if we're gonna talk about me being in podcasting forever, there's always the, hi, this is Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting dot com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith in Vroom Vroom Veer. That's so old man that. voice. That is old man voice. Old man and then there's voice. just me. Dude, hey, this is yeah. Hey, this is Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting dot com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith and Vroom Vroom Veer. I like it. That was a mix which, of which a and B. Yes. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> a and C. Just a, just a hint of vomit guy in there. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. All right. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Mike, I am Melly. I think I got that right. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Beer, and thank, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Hey, not too bad. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I think we're already having too much fun. <laughs> Seems to be the case. <laughs> and thanks for being here. I appreciate you uh, reaching out way back when, so and then uh, responding to the emails. So that was good. Thank you. Um, so you are at MikeIamelli.com. Talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business today. What I'm most excited about my business? Oh God, that's so many things. Um, so <laughs> it's okay. That's know, a toughie. Yes. <laughs> yes, lots of things. But you know, I really I've been doing a lot of um, retreats and VIP days, and Ooh, that's nice. been really fun yeah. for me right now. Especially because you know, since COVID, um, I feel like I've been craving a little bit more connection, and so now that Amen. feels a little bit safer to kind right. of hang out with people. Um, it's been a lot more fun to do some of that work and in person stuff. Instead person, of exactly. staring at a screen stuff. all damn yeah, that's day. Most of my, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, a little bit of a homebody, so I kind of like the screen for right. a little bit. But, yep. Yep. you know, two years we've had an excess, so I'm okay getting out there a little bit more. Amen. Okay, so we're going to tease right now. First, before we go back in time in the magical time machine that is Vroom Vroom Veer, <clears throat> we're going to talk it. later on, not now, but later on about that one time. And it wasn't at band camp. <clears throat> but you hacked your hubby's iPhone. <laughs> mm -hmm. I did that. And uh, <clears throat> that sounds fun. So good for you. And then you almost burned down a garage with mm -hmm. something related to weed and incense, but I'm going to leave yes. it for later. Okay. So uh, where did Mike grow up? 
So I grew up in southeastern Mass, um, okay. just 45 minutes south of Boston. Um, yeah, pretty small, boring little town. <laughs> I grew up in a, in a small, boring town. So I grew up in a very small, boring town in Michigan. Nice. So I think, so did you get a lot of snow up there in Mass? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got a good amount of snow. I'm <clears> sure <throat> in Michigan, same thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All I could do is just think about not being there, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. So what were you like in, in high school? Were you still in the same area for high school? Uh, I was. Yep. I okay. lived there until I went to college. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's kind of hard to analyze your high school self. I feel like I bit. was just average or just like, I feel like I was <clears> friends <throat> with a diverse group of people. Oh, that's nice. Um, okay. I went to a really weird high school. It was kind of a high school out of the movies. So we literally had two cafeterias. We had one that was larger, and they called it the cool calf, and one that was smaller, and they called it the loser calf. And that wow. kind of describes my entire high school. It okay. was really this very stereotypical high school out of the movies where, um, you know, it was a lot of popularity, a lot of bullying, that sure. type of space. Yeah. And I think I just tried to stay out of the fray and just be friends with some people. Sure, sure. You, you kind of like tried to get on the ambassador vibe, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I like very diverse people. People really fascinate me. So I feel like <clears throat> that whole popularity game wasn't something I was interested yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I accidentally stepped, stepped into being a popular kid for a little while. I don't mm -hmm. remember why. Like my junior and senior year. I think the, um, the underdog for prom queen or homecoming queen picked me to be your date. And that was, and she was not really all that popular either, but that meant that I was, all the other girls were, you know, the cheerleaders and then of course yeah, the football yeah, yeah. player jock, cool people. Right. And there I am drinking beer with these people and I don't even know them. It. Yeah. I love it. So my husband is actually the opposite. You know, he was always on like prom <clears throat> court and things like that. Okay. Right. 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 So he right. was very yes. into that Popular world. dude. Yes. Exactly. It, it made no sense to me. I, I, I get it. You know, it's like, you're right. It's like, you don't know what the hell's going on. Is yeah. You just find the people that don't hurt you and you think, you know, oh, these people are fun, right? Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> I, I think I've always been kind of like fascinated by this world of like popularity or celebrity culture. Um, you know, I, I'm not like very knowledgeable about celebrities. I had never seen reality TV even before COVID. Oh, so okay. now my husband convinced me to watch some shit shows. Yes. But before this, I never got into it. <laughs> okay. But I'm always, you know, I, I worked in public relations. I worked with a bunch of celebrities. So I'm always really curious about this world. Like, I feel like I mm. have this idea of how to make somebody famous or popular, but it's not something that actually appeals to me personally at all. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a, it, there's a weird thing about my personality that only recently I decided that it would be better to just be rich and not famous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I would, if no one could know me and I could just live out somewhere, where there's good food. So I've got to be kind of near a city because it's got to have some good food. Yeah, totally. But good food, good art, but I could be left alone. That would be an ideal life for me. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it was uh, Tim Ferriss did this blog post about like... And do you know who Tim Ferriss is? Just oh, yeah, I know who he is, yeah. Okay. So he's not really all that famous. A lot of people, mm -hmm. especially young people, I say, like, if you're not into personal development or reading books, <laughs> you don't know who he is, right? Mm -hmm. So not really all that famous, but famous enough to the point where it's security is a concern. Mm 
mm-hmm. right? For because sure. you know, and he did this long blog post about like it's just about numbers, right? There's so many. There's this percentage of people that are mentally ill in the country. Mm-hmm. That might yeah. obsess about you and then go off their meds. <laughs> yeah, you know this is interesting. We're going down this route because I um, we can tease this or talk about it later. But I had a very interesting viral experience. So oh, right, uh, there were right. millions of people talking about my sex life at one point. Crazy and very crazy. There is yeah. a play coming out in New York this spring about us. So that what? Is oh my god! Yes, it will be off Broadway this spring. Um, and that's so, insane. You know, that's it insane. is insane. And yeah. so we had a few stalking situations and we had it's some really scary, weird right? things going up. Yes. And that definitely yeah. made me double down on I'd pick money over fame without a doubt. Amen. Well, now you, you're almost, see, the thing is, is like, especially now, right, where you can have essentially zero resources, right? Like no money is what I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and be blunt. You can have no money and suddenly be famous. Mm-hmm, you're sure. not ready for that. <laughs> no, like, no. And, and especially if internet, you're kids, you know, like a kid on with YouTube. With the internet, right? it can happen overnight. Like mm-hmm. it's so exactly. quickly now and it's right. really scary. Uh, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it's super scary. Yeah. There's this thing on Netflix where this, uh, uh, I can't see now, I, I hate it when I bring up shit and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> so hopefully somebody in the audience will figure out. So there's this girl who is like a college student and she goes to Italy and accidentally gets like rolled into this big media nightmare where she's like accused of murdering her roommate. Oh, Amanda Knox. Yeah, thank you. It is a true story. And so she stepped into fame in a really horrific way. Yeah. Well, notoriety, which is even worse, I think, because that's a lot, you know, you've got a lot of people hating you with that. Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's different because like your ordinary kind of fame is like different. Like a celebrity kind of fame is like most people positive. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But oh my God. So her life was basically like all just altered forever yeah. by yeah. the British tabloid and European tabloid press yeah, and had nothing to do with her at all. I just so sympathetic. I would love to just talk to her and say, it's not your fault, baby. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> the world's crazy. Not you. Okay. So yet we digress in the most amazing <laughs> ways on this show. Okay. So, okay. So you, you're kind of like the ambassador. You want to hang out with everybody, not really into the popularity contest. And then, so you go to college. Where'd you go to college? I went to a Northeastern university here in Boston. And so uh, Northeastern was the Number like 5,000 school for me. I did okay. not want to go there because okay. my dad went there. And so I refused ah. to go to Northeastern. But, you know, what happened was uh, I went to look at BU. And for all the BU alum out there, I apologize saying this. I have never hated a place more in my life. Wow. There isn't a campus. It is just concrete. And so <laughs> we're there okay. looking at this school. Just ugly. And my dad, okay. It's ugly. Oh, it's so ugly. Understood. I mean, they, they bragged about the BU beach. It was a small plot of grass. And that was what they were bragging about. <laughs> and so uh, my dad okay. said, well, Northeastern's just down the street. Do you want to go take a look? And I was like, no, but I guess I'll check it out. And so I went over there and our tour guide said, this fountain every year, some idiot freshman puts laundry detergent in the fountain. It bubbles over. They got to shut the fountain down for the whole year. It's a disaster. I was that guy last year. I said, oh, dad. I said, dad, if they let an asshole like this be the tour guy, I have to go here. I am signing up today. There's no question. In my, I don't care about the academics. This is the school I'm going to. Gotcha. Oh, that's great. 
<laughs> was the campus nicer than the Oh, yeah, BU? yeah. You know, in, in Boston, it's one of the few schools that actually has a cohesive campus right in the middle of the city. That's awesome. Boston is amazing. The whole area is amazing. Um, I, I had to go there for like, mm, I don't know, like a week, maybe less than a week. When I had a job for the Air Force, we went and visited some other Air Force base. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, two things, really, really green. Traffic sucks. That's what I remember oh, yeah. about so Boston. I haven't <laughs> Food owned was a car great. since I was, I haven't owned a car since I was 18. So I have not driven Smart. in a long, long time. Smart. Um, which is great. I yes. mean, my husband has a car so we can get to the grocery store or leave the city. But otherwise, gotcha. I don't drive. I would love to. Uh, yeah, I need to like put that into my. So my wife and I live in Vegas now. And Vegas mm-hmm. is like zero public transportation. It's like sure. L.A. You have to have a car. You know, it's not so bad, you know, relative. But, you know, I love places like Portland, Oregon uh-huh. and Vancouver, um, mm-hmm. all of B.C. You don't need mm-hmm. a car. You know, like mm-hmm. New York City. Don't need a car. Better not to have one. Tokyo. Don't right. need a car. Right. Boston. Just, you know, and B.C., uh, Vancouver. You can get like a, I think it's a day pass for five bucks. And go everywhere. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, if the, the, my problem it. with Boston is if, if anyone here comes to visit me, I will give you horrible directions places because Boston's a notoriously complicated city for driving. Yeah, it's awesome. And I don't know which, seats, uh, which streets are one way because I walk right. them. So I have no idea. And so I'm always <laughs> telling people how to get places and it's wrong. It's just straight wrong. Just tell them, they're all just tell them look, there's this thing on your phone now that'll tell you where to go. Exactly. Google Maps, <laughs> just go look it up because I don't know. I mean, I can tell you 10 ways to get a bus anywhere, but I have no idea how to drive there. Yeah, uh, I don't know why, but um, the person that I was with, we decided to get off the freeway before we got to the hotel. Worst mistake ever. Yeah, it's. it's I drove by everything I never wanted to see. (laughs) Sure. Harvard Square. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I live right by Harvard, actually. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be there, but I was like, where's <laughs> click and clack? <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, so you go to college, and what did you study in college? So I studied what I consider a fake major, no offense to anybody, okay. communication studies. What the hell is that? Easy. Yeah, <laughs> it, nothing. It's a fake major, right? Okay. No. Okay. I mean, gotcha. you know, I, 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 I was, I'd always been a writer, so I knew I probably wanted to do something in media or public relations, journalism, somewhere like that. So mm-hmm. it's a really catch-all major. Oh, um, okay. If you could write well enough and do a 10-page paper in two days, then classes were easy for you and gotcha. I could do that. So we never gotcha. had tests. So it was very, very easy. If you could raise your hand and say, well, you know, I think there is no inherent meaning. It's really just the context that um, gives meaning to any moment. If you can say that, you're good. You are solid <laughs> for that major. So I, you know, very easy for me. I did a lot of partying in college. I didn't have to go to class too often. Um, but what Northeastern had, which is unique, some people may know, is the co-op program. So Northeastern does co-ops. Where okay. You leave classes for six months at a time, and you work full-time. So you work full-time for six months, three separate times throughout your tenure. And that's all set up through the school? That's all set up, yep. So they help you interview, they train you how to interview, and you get these um, great jobs. And so theoretically, you have 18 months of full-time experience before you graduate. That's awesome. You're going to school year you know, year round. You don't have summers off. So uh, I, right. you know, you live like an adult. Like everybody has an apartment. Everyone cooks for themselves. It's not the 
traditional college experience necessarily after freshman year. But um, through that, I worked at some pretty uh, high-end PR agencies and just kind of, um, as the luck would have it, I fell in with some really interesting people. I worked with, at the time, Gordon Brown was prime minister of the UK. I worked wow. with his advisor in Holy Boston. Jeez. I worked with, yeah, the head of you know Boston Globes, um, business section, um, people who got lifetime achievement <clears throat> awards from the Queen of Spain, like really interesting people. Jeez. And so I'm like, you You're know, clue-selling your life through like a... <laughs> yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm making 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. And I'm basically doing an IT job. But these people think I'm very impressive for some reason. Interesting. And so for my second co-op, um, they flew me out to San Francisco because there's a, a big company in San Francisco that was really looking for someone and they didn't want to interview a lot of people. And so they said, Mike's the only person you want. He knows people. <laughs> and so I, I had a nothing job, right? I knew nothing. Right. But I thought, let me try this. And so I get out there and I'm not kidding you. The people out there are brilliant. I'm 21 years old. You've got the editor-in-chief of Nature, Nature, the um, yep. publishing magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, former editor-in-chief there. You've got some of the biggest, I mean, PR people, brilliant minds there. I'm by far the dumbest person in the room. There's only about <laughs> six of us on the team. Okay. And this is when uh, President Obama had, or former President Obama had signed ARA, the um, American um, Reinvestment whatever Act. Act was. Yeah. Yes. And that <laughs> was, so 2009. And $40 billion were allocated to health IT to make like electronic, electronic health records go across the country, right? Okay, wow. Yes, so this was a big deal at the time. And basically an industry popped up overnight. <clears throat> and wow. who in this country or this job is young and cheap enough to learn this stuff that nobody knows? Well, the kid making 12 bucks an hour. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, you know, and, I, and this is my job to learn about this. And That's then great. When, wow. six months later, the company's pitching the White House. They needed me on the team because I was the only person who had kind of learned about this. And so through that, very quickly, I kind of rose up in this company. I moved back to Boston. I still work there. And here's the cool thing. I worked there, but I was still in school. Nobody knew my schedule. And I worked for the San Francisco office. So I would just come in sometimes, leave sometimes. There was an opportunity to go to Italy for the summer. And I said, hey, I want to go to Italy. And they said, no, you, you work here. You can't just leave for six weeks. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I quit because, like, I don't know. I'm still in school. And they're like, okay, fine. Go to Italy. Come back when you want. And so it was a really <laughs> ideal scenario for me. That's perfect. And Everybody should learn from that right there. Yeah. When, yeah when, I, whenever I, a boss says you can't go, say, okay, I guess I quit. <laughs> I, I guess I quit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, I mean, it was, I'm going I, to I tried to find any way I could get to Europe for the summer. That was my plan. I'd gotcha. find some way that they would, you know, I could take classes there. And so I ended up when... Um, Six months before I graduated, um, the head of the San Francisco office said, Mike, I'm starting a company, and I want you to come and be a partner. And so I was 22 years old. I was still in school. I had to graduate early and go on. And so at 22, I owned this successful PR agency, and it was just kind of something I fell into. Wow. Okay, well, you have to tell us about Italy. Where'd you go in Italy? Oh, Italy. Yeah. So I, I lived there for two, two summers. Okay. So I, you know, I really wanted to find any opportunity to get to Italy because the thing is at Northeastern, you had to take classes year round. So I had to have an apartment in the city. But if I got on one of these trips to go away for the summer, they paid for my apartment in Europe. And I was like, wait a minute, it's cheaper for me to be in Europe for the summer. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Right. And so okay. Smart. the first time I went to wow. uh, Salerno, it's on the Amalfi coast. Okay. Um, it's kind of the biggest city on the Amalfi coast. 
gorgeous. I mean, all I did there was I took language classes during the day and drank wine and hung out on the beach at night. And that wow. was my life for the whole summer. And like everyday um, food is just amazing, right? Amazing. Like just amazing. everyday and food. It, it's like everyday cheap food. there because this Super, isn't a tourist yeah. destination. So everything's right. cheap. You know, mm-hmm. the south, southern Italy isn't um, as expensive as the north. And so I did that, came back from Italy, pretty fluent. Now, my dad's Italian. He's from Italy, but okay. he never taught me Italian. So I was finally right. you know, getting fluent. And then the next summer, I thought, well, I can't spend the summer in Boston. I've got to get back to Italy. Right. And so hmm. I found out there was one trip going to Italy, and it was to film a documentary in Rome. And I thought, well, I have no experience filming a documentary, but right. I really want to get on this trip. Okay. And so I pitched myself as I said, I'm fluent in Italian. I can help the team. And I'm a writer. You're going to be a production assistant or something, maybe. Sure. I've worked (laughs) in public relations. I can write the script for this documentary. Let me on the team. Okay. And so I got on the project and I got to, they put me up in Rome. I had an apartment and I got to film on location and learn about editing and all that stuff, which was really cool. Rome's amazing. Yes, it was amazing. So I visited Rome when I was stationed in England in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. The only problem was was we went in August and it was really really hot, yeah, but still yeah. amazing. So we went to all the touristy spots. Um, I love the fact that like it's like there's these dudes like running like selling like knockoff watches with their little like mm-hmm. carts, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're and they're constantly running away from the police, but the police know where they're at. <laughs> sure. So you talk that was about awesome. Rome, actually. I, I got engaged, uh, well, partially in Rome, but I got engaged in the Amalfi Coast, and it is a fantastic engagement story. Now, I have told, told this story before, but it was a surprise trip. It was the first time my um, husband had ever been to Italy. Wow. Okay. So did you know you were going to propose? Oh, it was knew, a surprise yes. for him. Okay. It gotcha. was a surprise for him. I knew. I, I knew. You know, I... Um, you picked the location. We, right. We first got together, I, um, I wasn't sure I ever wanted to get married. And then about six months into our relationship, I thought, I'm marrying this guy. And it's going to be the first time he sees the Mediterranean. Like, the first time he sees it, I'm getting down on one knee and I'm going to propose. But I owned my own business. I was just starting out. I couldn't hide thousands and thousands of dollars and pretend that I wasn't stressed about money. So <laughs> it took me four and a half years. But four and a half years later, I said, hey, you know, why don't you take off some time in four months? I'm just going to do something local, something small. And I bought tickets to Rome and I started this whole uh, process. And we got there and it's a lo- I'm happy to tell the story, but it's an involved story, but it's a powerful story. <laughs> You no, you could tell the story. That's that's cool. All right, I, I'm teasing it like crazy over here. Yeah, I yeah. love telling the story. Yeah. So so I knew I wanted to get engaged there, and um, you know, I did, wanted to be a surprise. So what I did was I said we're, we're going somewhere close, and the weather was not great. The way, we were going in May, but for whatever reason it was a little bit cold. So I said we're not going far. Just pack like you would pack now. But I'm not telling you if we're flying or driving. So I wouldn't put a knife in your carry on, but otherwise, you know, do your thing. Right. And so he, that day, the day we leave, he said to me, Mike, I need to bring my passport to work for tax reasons because he was teaching at a university. Now, nobody ever needs their freaking passport. The one time in his life he's ever needed his passport right. was the day I needed his passport. <laughs> so I thought, well, crap, crap. So, okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to make this work, right? So I, he comes <clears throat> home and he says, all right, I know you're not telling me anything, but answer one question. Do I need to bring my passport because I don't want to bring it and I'll lose it? 
And I thought, shit, Mike, you just got to make a decision and commit. And I said, you know what? No, don't bring it. I don't want you to lose it. Why don't you go pack the car? And so he puts the passport away. As he goes downstairs, I sprint into the bedroom. I find his passport. I'm zipping it up as he's walking back up the stairs. And I said, oh, not that car. I mean, the Uber I just ordered. And so we get in an Uber. And you know, you don't have to tell them where you're going. You can put right. in the app. So okay. he didn't know we were going to the airport. And we head to the airport. And this is how psychotic I am. This will just give everyone a taste of who I am. I did not want to get dropped off at Terminal E because in Boston, that's international. And he'd know okay. we were going international. Gotcha. So I get dropped off at Terminal C, but I've studied the blueprint of the airport. And there's a passageway from C <laughs> to E. So I know I can do this. <laughs> okay. And so we get dropped off at JetBlue, which we fly a lot. And we go over to the kiosk and I say, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he's like, what is it? What'd you forget? And I said, oh, just hold this. And I gave him his passport. And he said, why would you bring your passport? Wait, this is mine. You told me not to bring it. What are you doing? I said, yeah, 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 just hold this. And I gave him three books on Rome. And he said, what's going on here? And I said, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you'll be in Rome. We're getting on a plane to Rome right now. And now his mom, God love her, is the worst liar I've ever met. <laughs> and so I called her and I said, Cheryl, you're going to have to get with this. Because I went down there, I asked for their blessing. I secretly went down there. That's a whole other story. Okay. So you're going to have to get with this, Cheryl. He's going to call you and tell you that I'm surprising him into going to Italy. You have to pretend you knew that, but not that we're getting engaged. So there's like multi-layers to this lie here. <laughs> wow. You can do this. Okay, yes. You can do this. Wow. So, so This is he, like a movie. Uh, <laughs> All so, right. Oh, oh you, you haven't heard the whole story. It, it gets like a movie. It's the best engagement story I've ever heard of no intention of my own. So we, we get there. I tell him, we can plan this trip. You know, you do the local thing. You do the touristy thing. Whatever you want, this is your trip. Anything you want. The only rule is halfway through, we're going to go down to the Amalfi Coast. So we get to Rome. We're having a fantastic time. Every day is forecasted to rain. <clears throat> it doesn't. It's beautiful every day. Wow. So we're bringing our okay. raincoat and umbrella, but thank God it's not raining any day. So finally, it's the Saturday, the day I plan on proposing, the day we're going down to the Amalfi Coast. Right. We get down there. He's going to see the Mediterranean. I got to propose. And before our train leaves at about 2 o'clock, he said, the one thing I could not forgive myself leaving Rome do, without doing is going to the Vatican. I have to go to right. the Vatican today. Right, right, right. And I thought, on a Saturday, when we're time crunched, great, this is going to be a disaster. But okay, let's try to go to the Vatican today. Okay. So we get over there, we get in line, and they tell me it's going to be about a two-hour wait to get inside. Yeah, yeah. And I think, oh my God, we're rushing. But I said, you know what? They're dramatic. It's never as long. They just try to scare you away. Let's just get in line. No worries. And this is the first day that it wasn't supposed to rain. So for the first time, we didn't have to lug our raincoats, our umbrellas. We just put them away. We were so happy. We get into this two-hour line. It starts downpouring. <laughs> we are now covered in, you're just covered in water. Of course. <laughs> and he's got this really expensive camera. So we have to buy a 10-euro poncho just to wrap around the camera so it doesn't break. We are completely drenched. And now I've got to pee. And I've got to pee really badly. Right. So I am just waiting. I'm like, oh, my God, I just got to get in there. I can't pee -pee lose my dance. spot in line. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I cannot lose a spot. He's getting hungry. Yeah. And we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting some more. It's finally been two and a half hours. We are three people from the front of the line. And Garrett says, it's not worth paying 40 euro for 15 minutes. Let's just get out of line. So after two and a half hours, I have to pee so badly. We are drenched. We leave this line. 
<laughs> okay. We can salvage this day. We can salvage this. Let's just go get food. Mm. Let's go pee. Get back to the hotel. Get our bags and head to the train station. Mm. We can't miss this train. You know, I've got non-refundable tickets. I've got a place there. No place here. I'm going to lose like a thousand bucks if we miss this train. It's the last train of the day. Wow. Okay. So we get over. And I am. It's twelve forty-five. I am begging anybody, please, like, let me in. I just have to pee or eat. None of these restaurants would open until one. Not even let me in for peeing. And wow. I was like, okay, I, just, I need to go somewhere. So I said, fine, screw it, Garrett. We're going to go <clears throat> to the metro, take the metro back, get our bags, and we'll just, like, eat something at the train station. We'll get there early. Okay. I go over to the metro, and there are people waiting outside in the rain. And so I said, what's going on here? And they told me that there was a delay between these three stops. They were the only stops we needed. So we could not take the metro now back to no. our hotel. So I am drenched. I have to pee so badly. Garrett's hungry is turning to hangry. Yes. And we are yes. just miserable here. Right. And so I said, okay, we're going to find our way back. We will speed walk back to the hotel. Wow. So I've got my map out. And, you know, it is downpouring. The map is disintegrating in my hands. <laughs> I'm trying to read street signs. But over there, they're etched in Roman letters up into the buildings. So right. you can hardly see them. Right. And yes. where the Vatican is, the Tiber River turns a few times. It's a little windy. So it can be complicated to remember which side of the Tiber you're on. Right. Long story short, the bridge we wanted went one way. The bridge we <clears> took <throat> went a different way. Oops. We are now further away from our hotel. <laughs> I have to pee so badly, and it's not like there are any alleys around here. I can't right. pop into it. In the right. middle of Rome, right. Garrett is hangry, and we start bickering. Yes. And I'm like, this is, I'm not proposing today. This is not what I wanted. I didn't, right. I, I spent thousands of dollars. I spent years planning the this day. The day is ruined. I'm, it's ruined. I'm not right. proposing on this fucking day. So we're bickering, and I remembered, well, I didn't remember this at the time, but before we left, a friend of mine who was Hindu sent me a prayer to the Hindu god Ganesha, which is Love the Ganesh. like Love Ganesha, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And said, you know, this is... Pathfinder uh, god. I just have, <laughs> exactly. I said, I have a feeling this god's going to be really important for you. Yes. So I did the prayer she sent me. I didn't think anything of it. Anyway, I'm in the middle of Rome. We are bickering. And I look up, and there's an entire mural of Ganesha on a building. Ah, and I think, wow. okay. Okay. Wow, something is things, here. Things uh, are turning up. here for a reason. Yes. Exactly. So what is going on here? And so I remember this piazza. Garrett remembers that piazza. Long story short, we find our way back to the hotel. <laughs> we have just enough time, no time to eat anymore, but enough time to grab a power bar, pee, grab our bags, and go. Okay. So we run up, we grab our bags, we head over to the um, metro station. I put in my weekly pass. I go <clears> through <throat> the turnstile. Garrett goes to put through his weekly pass. And he says, oh, shit. It was in my front pocket. It's disintegrated now. I don't have a ticket to get through. And I'm on one side. He's on the other. I can't get back through. So right. I said to him, okay, it's a busy train station on a Saturday. Nobody's going to help an American. So let me yell to you how to get the machine into English so that you can buy a ticket so that you can get over here because I need you to get through. Yeah. So I'm screaming across the turnstile how to get this thing into English. Yeah. He finally gets it, puts it through. It doesn't work. I'm like, Garrett, we have like one more shot at this. So I'm yelling again. He puts it through. It finally works. <laughs> so we take the metro over to Roma Termini, which is the main train station in Italy, the yeah, biggest yeah, train yeah, station, yeah. right? Okay. 
Like Union Station. Yes. Yeah, 40 trains going at any given time. This is a very busy train station. We have five minutes until the train leaves. So I said to him, Garrett, this is where the platform will be posted. You go over there and see if you can see the platform. I'm going to go make sure that what I printed out offline is enough or if I have to exchange it for real tickets. Okay. He said, okay. So I go over. Three minutes later, I come back. There's nothing posted. He's freaking out. Everything before and after it says delayed, but it's like... It's blocked out. Maybe the um, letters aren't working where it's mm. supposed to say our platform. Oh, wow. So I am freaking out now. And this is a regular train, so I'm sure most people just knew what platform was going to be on. Right. So I said, Garrett, let's just go through security, and we've got to run up and down all 40 trains. We have two minutes. We've just got to find the train and jump onto it. Wow. <laughs> we run up and down all 40 trains. I kid you not, we cannot find this train. We are freaking out because we are wow. there. It is like the moment. We just got to get on the freaking train. Yeah. And so I run over to an attendant and I scream, please just help me. Like call it in. He said, I think you're confused. I said, I'm not confused. Just call it in. And he called it in and said, oh my God, your train is leaving in less than a minute. Run. So we are now sprinting all of our bags we have for Italy. We are covered in rain and sweat, right. sprinting down this platform. <laughs> we see the train. We jump onto it. And I kid you not, within 10 seconds, the train takes off. But you made it. Was it was like a scene from a movie. We yes, made it. You made it. Barely. So now I am sweating. My heart is pounding. I am miserable. And my only thought is, fuck this. I'm not proposing. That's it. I'm just not doing it today. Okay. And Garrett turns to me. It's ruined. It's ruined. It's ruined, right? It was ruined. ruined. It was a terrible day. It's a terrible day. Garrett turns to me and says, you know, it's so weird for everything that went wrong. You would have thought we would have turned on each other. But we work together as a team. Isn't that weird? And I thought, shit, now I have to propose today. (laughs) So we take this train three hours. We get out. You know, God knows it's still raining. So we walk a mile in the rain to our hotel. And we check into the hotel. And right when we checked, I said, I can't wait anymore. I've just got to do this. So I said, hey, Garrett, do you want to go check out the rooftop? Who in their right mind would want to check out the rooftop at this moment? But he was like, I I guess so. It's drizzling, but okay. Right. And so we get out there. And I said, and at this (laughs) point, I've got no plan, right? Like everything's shot to shit. I thought, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to say something honest because this is a disaster. And so I said, hey, you check out that castle in the distance that you obviously can't see through the fog and rain. And so he turns around, he goes to look at this castle. I get down on one knee and he turned back around. I said to him, you know what, Garrett, I'm not going to lie to you. I woke up this morning and I planned on proposing to you. And then everything went to shit. Literally everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Everything went to shit. And I thought, fuck this. I'm not proposing to you. This is a disaster. Everything went wrong. And then, you know, I have one shot at this, one shot at this. I've planned years. I've spent thousands of dollars. I'm not wasting my one shot on today. And then everything did go wrong. And we started working together as a team. And I realized I don't just have one shot at this. I have a million shots at this. (laughs) Because every day for the rest of my life, I just wake up. I ask myself if I'm still game to do this. And I ask you to love me. Today is just one of those days. Wow. So I brought you to the most beautiful place that I know that could potentially rival your beauty to ask you, will you marry me? And he said, maybe. He said, yes. He said, yes. And then I I showed him a timestamp photo of me and his mom. And I told him I went down there and asked for their blessing and all that, which whole nother story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, So that was how we got engaged in Rome or Uh, Italy. Awesome story. (laughs) Is that going to be in the musical too? 
Uh, you know what? No, because the musical is just about how we first got together. So it doesn't maybe go that'll far be in part two. Yeah, part two. I got part pitch three. Them that. Maybe it kind of reminds right. me of Mamma Mia a little bit. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but I'll take it. You've never seen Mamma Mia? Well, I, don't I actually know. haven't, but I know of the story. <laughs> it's. It, I think it's a made-up story, just because it, it. They made up a story to go to the song, right? So it's right, like we right, need, right, right, we need right, a story yeah. to to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, it's like you know the the comedy of errors is is like life. But you know, that is life. Yes, yes. And uh, I th- I can't remember where we were in Europe. Um, but we try. I think we were in Paris, my wife and I. And yeah. it was like Sunday and we were trying to use the Metro and I went, it was, I don't know which one, who, right? Went through a turnstile and then, and then she, I went, okay, well, wait. And I got to the other end and it was blocked, right? So I was like trapped and I was like, how do I get out? So I went back to the <laughs> yeah. turnstile and I was like, honey, don't come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I went and found a policeman, right? And I went, uh. <laughs> sure. And he's like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> and then he let oh me out. God. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. You know, traveling's awesome because everything goes wrong and everything's okay. You know, That's every, right. Yes, everything goes wrong and everything's okay. Usually, obviously, you know, <laughs> there are exceptions to that rule. But for the most part, you know, you're pretty safe. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So that was a lot of fun. Um, thank you for sharing. So let's like dip into some of these because uh, we're getting close to an hour, which is awesome. So, and we still have these stories that we teased, right? So let's talk about uh, that one time at Bandcamp that you hacked your hubby's phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this one, um, you know, my husband went away to a family reunion. This is when we were first together. So um, we had told, we had decided we wanted to see if our relationship was real before we told people about it. Oh, okay. and so just about a week before this story happened, um, my husband had told my now husband at the time we were dating had told his father that we were together. Okay, and so there was a family reunion, and he invited me to this family reunion, but only a week beforehand, and I already had plans to go skydiving. So okay. I was staying in Boston. Garrett went to Pennsylvania for the family reunion, and so. Garrett, you know, it's now Sunday of this weekend. I'm expecting Garrett to come home, you know, in a few hours. And I went out for a brunch with a few friends, and they suggested all of these suspenseful thriller movies to me while I was home. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch some of these movies by myself. Okay. And so I'm watching some of these thrillers by myself, and it's about noon. And I said, hey, Garrett, I texted him. I'm thinking about getting some lunch. Um, You know, do you want me to get something for you? I don't know how soon you're going to be home. No response. So I thought, no big deal. So I get my lunch and I'm watching these movies. Then at three o'clock, I call him and I say, hey, you should be on the road by now. It's a six hour drive. You know, I know you aren't going to want to get home too late. He didn't answer. So I text him again, half hour later, I say, hey, I haven't heard from you. And I'm watching these movies. I know I might sound crazy, but I'm seeing people ending up in ditches. I just want to make sure you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. No response. So no response. So now it's like 4.30, and I'm kind of like, he definitely would be on the road. I'm getting a little bit nervous. So I call him again. I say, I know I'm sounding crazy, but like, you know, get back to me. You... It's very rare that you don't aren't by your phone. You haven't gotten back to me in hours. I'm getting a little bit nervous. So now it's about five o'clock. I've sent him maybe four or five texts. I've called him two or three times. I haven't heard anything. 
I've been trying to contact him for over five hours now. Right. I'm getting a little bit nervous. You're now paranoid and so, a little bit. Yeah, I'm getting paranoid. I'm, I'm watching these thrillers. I'm seeing things happening <laughs> to people. And so, you know, you would have thought at this point I'd have the wherewithal to stop watching them, but I didn't. No. Right. And so, you know, I start texting a few of his friends from his hometown. It's like, hey, have you heard from Garrett? And they said, no, we haven't seen him. We don't know. You know, he's with his family, I think. So, okay, he's not around. So now I'm getting really nervous. So I start <clears throat> texting anyone I can think of. I'm trying to figure out how would I get a hold of him. I people he might be him. with, right? Yeah, people he might be <clears throat> with. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't have his dad's number. His parents are divorced. I had his mom's number. But I thought, I don't want to worry her if it's nothing. So I'm going to mm. wait until like 9 o'clock at night. And if I haven't heard from him by then, then I'm going to call his mom. Okay. And so I am just really freaked out trying anything. And now I'm thinking, wait a minute, find my iPhone. That's a thing, right? Like I right. could see oh, where his right. iPhone oh, okay. is. And then I could see if he's in a ditch and I could, you know, figure this out. Right. And so I thought, well, but to do find my iPhone, I need to know his iPhone password. I don't know what that is. His Apple oh, password. And okay. I thought, but I bet I could reset it. I don't know his email password, but I bet it's auto-logged into his computer. So if I just mm, went to his computer, right. reset his Apple password, I could then log in and find out where his phone is. Oh, and so okay. I'm like, and now I'm like, I'm a genius. I figure this out. I, I can do this. I'm watching these thrillers. These people are doing it. I can do it too. <laughs> and so I, You're gonna I'm going to use through. Big Brother's tools to, That's to find right. your, I was like, I've got man. this. I'm, okay, gotcha. I'm going to find him. I'm going to, you know, solve this mystery. I'm not going to let him die in the stitch. And so I am doing this whole thing. And I've got like papers around me. I look like a conspiracy theorist, like figuring this out. Finally hacked it in. Finally saw where his phone was. And it's in his hometown, but not at either his mom or his dad's house. And I'm kind of like, okay, like, is it in a ditch? Is it really a ditch? I look over at my phone, and there's a missed call from him. Uh -huh. And so I pick up the phone, and I'm like, oh, my God, Garrett. He's like, hey, so sorry. You know, my phone died, and I was just charging it all day, so I missed all of this stuff. But I told you I was coming home on Monday anyway, right? Didn't you listen when I told you that? But I got to go, actually. Someone's hacking into my iPhone right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And so uh, he was like, wait, so this whole thing basically is because you didn't listen to me when I told you when I was coming home and you thought I was coming home on Sunday. And so you hacked into my iPhone. That's good to know. And so that was the time that I hacked into his iPhone. <laughs> did he forgive you for hacking in? Oh, of course he did. I mean, I think you, ha you have to love this crazy a little bit to be with me. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, did it, I, I have to ask. So it did work. I don't know if that would work anymore. But I, I, I kind of hope not. It's scary how easy it was to hack into somebody's iPhone. I, my experience with Apple and their security is it's PF nuts. It's pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> Good. I mean, you know, th and this this story was uh, a decade ago, so it was a while ago, uh, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. right. It was, um, yes. But that was the time that I completely stalked him. Right. Yes. Well, well now I've heard couples do. Um, like, uh, he ran a marathon, and so a friend of mine said, why don't you guys share a location? I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, that you can you share can your location that. with someone and actually yeah. see where they are at all times. So yeah. we did it for the marathon, but I felt a little bit weird about having that at all times. <laughs> it's actually a good idea. Why not? You know, I mean, you, I, mean, I don't mind. I, I, I tried to set it up on my wife's phone, but the thing is, is um, my wife is, like, not really good. Like, to her, in her mind... Her phone is only for her use, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if she's not using it, 
it's on mute and she ignores it. <laughs> sure. I, I, I get that. I mean, I feel like for me, a tra- a, you know, tracking my iPhone wouldn't be that interesting because 99% of the time I'm right here at home. <laughs> so that would pretty much be where I am. Right. But I know, I know, like uh, it, that has happened to me. Like uh, I'm like, I would really wish I put like some sort of sneaky tracker on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So I could know and then go back to watching Twin Peaks or whatever and not have to well, worry about there, it. <laughs> a David Lynch fan. Well, they, that's a whole other conversation. Right? He's awesome. Anyway, so uh, before we run out of time, and we're almost there, so you almost burned down a garage. Oh, God. This is, yeah. So this was um, embarrassingly older. I was older than you would assume I would be in this story. So <laughs> my, my sister's friend used to be an editor for. Um, Sports Illustrated and Golf Digest. So she always got tickets to the PGA Tour, wherever it was. Okay. And one of the events is at a course near my family's house. And so she would always give my dad the tickets. And it was Labor Day weekend, so he would give them to me one of the days because that was a lot of time for him to go. And so I would get to go. And they were like VIP tickets, so you got to get into all these booths and stuff. You could talk your way into the corporate booths even because no one knew what the tickets were. Right. And so anyway, (laughs) so you'd have a good time when you went. And I'd bring a few of my friends. And so I went with a few friends from high school. Exactly. All that VIP. Yes. Exactly. So you're drinking Mm. all day. You're having fun. And so I went with some high school friends. Um, This was, God, I was probably like 26 at the time. And then we left there. And I don't smoke a lot of weed for whatever reason. I have never really been into it. And I said, you know what I haven't done since I was 16? Like, smoked weed. Like, anyone else into it? And they were all like, yeah, I could be into that, Mike. Like, I could totally be into that. So, like, okay. Good for you. So, I was like, well, I don't know anybody to buy it from. And this was before it was legal in Massachusetts. Okay. I "I don't know where to get this from. They weren't dispensaries yet. And so, um, they said, well, why don't, you know, like, I I know someone. I've got this dealer. Let's drive to this dive bar. I'm going to meet with somebody. I was like, okay. This doesn't need to be like a whole shady drug deal, but all right. And so that's we get to this dri- you know, that's we get you- to this dive bar, and my friend said, "Get the money ready because one of our friends, she's gonna be so dramatic about it and like make a big scene. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing." Okay. So anyway, the guy comes in that we're buying from, and she yells out like, "Oh my god, the guy's here! Get the money ready! We've got to buy the drugs." And I was like, "This isn't even a drug deal. Like it's not that big of a deal. Calm down." <laughs> so everybody in the bar is now watching us. So we buy this. We get out, and I said, like, okay, do you want to just, like, go, you know, buy blunts and roll it, and we'll just smoke in the car? My friend's like, no, this is a company car. I've got clients. I'm not letting you smoke in this car. So he's like, why don't we go smoke in the woods? And I was like, smoke in the woods? I'm not 16. I'm not smoking in some woods somewhere. Like, what are you talking about? So we're like, oh, my God, we, we have nowhere to go. And I, I lived in the city. We were far from the city. So I said, like, we've got nowhere to go. So one of my friends said, oh, you know what? My parents live around here. Why don't we go to my parents' house? They just put this big addition above their garage. Okay. Let's go over to their place, and we'll just smoke there. They're sleeping. They won't even wake up. And then like, I've got a key, and then we can leave. So okay. Said, okay, fine. So it's like <laughs> 3 in the morning. We wow. drive over there. His parents do not know we're even in town. And so we drive over. You know, we buy our little blunts. Um, you know, we open them to dump out the tobacco. And someone hands it to me and said, okay, Mike, roll it. And I said, well, it's kind of embarrassing, but like, I've always been smoked up. I, I don't know how to roll it. So right. you do it. And someone said, I, I don't know how to do it. I, so I said, oh my God, none of us know how to roll this. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> like we're adults here. So I said, all right, I, I've, I've got this, you guys. So I pull out my phone and I've got YouTube. 
and we're all how sitting to roll there a blunt. watching YouTube, <laughs> trying to learn how to roll a blunt. Okay. But we don't have enough weed for this blunt. And one of them suggested tobacco. I was like, I'm not smoking tobacco. No. No. So we no. don't have enough. We're overrolling it. It starts disintegrating and falling apart. No. So I said, all right, you guys, no big deal. I've got this. Just light it, and we'll just waft it in, breathe it in like incense. So we were standing around this plate of weed, <laughs> breathing it in like incense, and I am laughing so hard because this is the most ridiculous situation, laughing so hard that I blow it out onto the ground. There is now fire on the ground in Lovely. this place. Oh, that's that, awesome. So we're stomping it out, laughing when we hear the door open, and not surprisingly, his parents are coming up the stairs like, who's up there? Like, you know, I, I, like, I, they think someone's breaking into Somebody's their place. Somebody's holding a, like a golf club or something. Yes, exactly. So my friend, my friend Nick is like, no, 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 it, mom, mama, it's me. And they're like, Nick, Nick, what are you doing home? Like, why are you here? He's like, oh, I just wanted to show my friends the new garage. Like, I just wanted to show them. It's right. so nice. And he's like, is that three in the morning? He's like, yeah. Suddenly he's 16 again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to make up preposterous, the, the stupidest excuse. <laughs> yeah. Most preposterous lie, but for some yes. reason they bought it and they were right. kind of like, okay, well, they want to go guess. back to bed. <laughs> yeah, they want to go back to bed. I'm laughing so hard. So then we were like, all right, I guess we'll go somewhere. So we went to IHOP because in my small, boring town, nothing else is open at this time. Mm. And I, this is the most 16 year old experience of my life. We're sitting around, and because I didn't know if I actually inhaled much, I'm like, do you feel it? I think I might feel it a little bit. And we're all having this conversation next to 16-year-olds having the same conversation. <laughs> and this is uh, that time that I almost burned down a garage smoking weed incense. Weed incense. That's awesome. You probably didn't get all that high. <laughs> oh, I don't think so at all. <laughs> Just so you know, so like my whole like weed experience was in high school, right? Mm -hmm. So I spent probably... I want to say like a year, maybe part of one year, another part of another year uh, before I graduated, we got really into weed. And then it just kind of went away, you know? Yeah. But during that time, um, I don't think I ever bought it. I know I never bought it. And I never really even possessed it. I was a lot like you. Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. just always handed it to me. And I was like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We're right. doing this now, right? <laughs> yeah. So then uh, for whatever reason, oh, um, I kind of learned how to use like a bowl, you know, like the, mm -hmm. yeah, the little sure. pipe. And then this, this other thing that I thought was even better, it was called a sneak-a-toke. Mm -hmm. A sneak-a-toke, it, it looks kind of like a metal bullet with a little screen in it, right? Okay. And it, was, it would screw apart and you could put the weed in the bud and then, and then close it back up. And then stick the fire on one end. It was really easy. And it was mm -hmm. sneaky because you could pretend like you were just cold. Uh, That's why they clever. called it the sneak-a-toke. Like <laughs> well, we went to a concert. I think it was Loverboy, the, the band Loverboy, mm -hmm. yeah. which I was not into at all but didn't care because it was a concert and there would be girls there, right? That's all you're thinking about when you're in high school <laughs> and you're 17 or whatever. Uh, but I... So that's when I learned what happens when you smoke too much weed. Mm. You fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So I, I, I got there and we were partying like way too early. So like about, I don't know, 930 in the morning, I pass out. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, and, the, and the concert's not until, you know, 10, 11, whatever, when, whenever concerts start. 
And we're like far from home, like an hour's drive from home, hanging out in this guy that already graduated his apartment, right? So he's pseudo grown up that we're hanging out with. So I passed out the whole damn day. And then they, they, they rouse me to go to the concert. I get up and go, I don't feel good. <laughs> Walk over, yak, and then go to the bathroom and then go, uh, we're going to the show now? Okay. And by the time I got to the concert, I was good. <laughs> All right. Look at that rallying. I love it. Yeah. Made out with two girls from Stevenson. That, so that wow. was awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Anyway. <laughs> Weed's great. I miss it. I need to get back into weeds. Well, you can get back into it. Uh, yeah, someday. I, so right now I have a federal job. And then for 20 years as I was in the Air Force. And I got a contact buzz after I retired. So mm-hmm. that was, and, But I still had a federal job. So technically that right. was illegal. But I wasn't actually smoking it. I was just passing it. Yeah. <laughs> But that, yeah, that'll, that'll get you a little high. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't want to smoke it. And then after I, uh, I think as I was leaving, everybody was saying, Jeff, you're laughing a lot. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, you laugh a lot naturally, it seems I like, do. So. I do. But I was laughing more, you know, and I was really hugging the Doritos. So I knew something I was going it. on. <laughs> Mike, this has been a blast. So talk a little bit about how people can uh, best get in touch with Mike I Mele. I Mele. You got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. So um, you're welcome to check out my website, MikeIMLE.com. Um, if you're interested in mapping sensitivities, which we didn't talk about, but what I do, um, you can go to MikeIMLE.com slash map, M-A-P. It's totally Perfect. free. You can Perfect. start to map and figure out some of what you subconsciously do every time you're successful for Ooh. better sex, relationships, yeah, yeah. business, whatever you want to use it for. Right. Um, or you can check out, I am recently on Instagram, so check me out on Instagram. Um, you did mention you've seen some pictures of my butt, so some <laughs> On be warned if <laughs> if you if you're offended by asses <laughs> it's a great ass but it know, is a great ass, ass. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah no, there's some boudoir photos and over there i've really been um helping especially a lot of queer men to explore their sensitivities and right? use that to reduce shame improve their relationships all that type of it's stuff. awesome you know because you're embarrassing yourself Right. So then you know, everybody else has got no levers on you. Right. Oh, yeah. Here's well, my ass. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I say I teach people, you know, what they subconsciously do when they're successful. For me, one of mine is vulnerability. So I always share my vulnerabilities. Right. And that's how I kind of help people to get where they need to go. That's perfect. Vulnerability is amazing. And, you know, we should do like part two and part three because there's way more to cover, I think, between Jeff and Mike. Um, sure. This, was, this has been a, a lot of fun. So thank you awesome. so much. Yes, <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.